Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. And now, for fans of the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers, this is Cheesehead TV Live. Cheetahs don't stretch and neither do we. I think you're an idiot, and I mean that with the most respect possible that I can give to an idiot. Packers Hall of Fame quarterback, Jacob. Jacob. It's not as fun to say as equanimous. That is a perfect example of a wrong opinion. Ring the bell. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to Cheesehead TV Live. It is Jason Perrone and Jeremy Vanderlinden of Cheesehead TV. Happy Tuesday, mi amigo. Happy Tuesday. Man, here what, we are. What an action-packed show we have for you tonight. So normally we're taking your questions, we're garbling, talking Packers. We have some new fun stuff for you tonight. We're going to debut it. We want everybody's honest feedback. We got a couple new segments. That's right. We're going to talk a little bit about the Bears game. We're going to move on. Vikings week we're gonna move into the Vikings and all that good stuff we're gonna talk about some stupidity on the internet it's gonna be all a chock full hour full of fun in the sun but gotta call another audible didn't I do this to you on game day yes gotta call another audible so just moments ago it came across the Twitter wire because this is so Packers related that the new newly anointed Patriots wide receiver Antonio Brown might be in a little bit of hot water with the law and I just want to take a moment to say this, and you can add whatever you like. We can move on from there. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. Uh, Patriots, when you go diving through the dumpster, you're going to find a lot of trash. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's real trashy. So I'll just say that. I'll let you guys go find the article. I have nothing more to say. Let's move on to Packers stuff. Let's move on to stuff that matters. The Green Bay Packers. Let's do it. All right. Okay, so this first, uh, we'll start off with our first segment. This will take us into our Bears conversation. So... In the Bears game, there's been a lot of conversation, a lot of film breakdown about those who stood out. Game balls were handed out. Solid performances. That's some right. not-so-solid performances. But with every game and in every game, especially in football, Jeremy, there are your unsung heroes. These are your unsung heroes! All right, so unsung heroes of the game. So we each have one. Why don't you kick us off, Jeremy, with the first unsung right. hero? But folks, I want you to know, before I forget to mention this, I'm sure you probably knew this already. All the graphics, the YouTube page, and the music that you hear from our show is produced and created by the gentleman who sits to my left. Left. It is definitely well, you're on my left here, but are you on my right there? No. Okay. The gentleman on my left. It's still your left. No so matter what. It I is wanna, your left. <laughs> I want to give him. I want to give him some props. Now, uh, on the YouTube feed that I'm looking at, it looks like we're buffering. So I don't know if that's just my laptop or if there's an issue with the feed. We're still good over there. All right, All right. Good. Okay. Good. So unsung hero of the game from the Bears game. Who you got? All right. So my unsung hero from the Bears game is Raven Green. He filled in for Oren Burks. He filled in really well. And I think that you know, for all of the worry that Packers fans felt throughout you know the the week leading up to that Bears game. It's, it, it, it's nice to feel some relief based on the way that Raven Green played. 
Uh, just looking at some numbers here, he had set. He was second behind Blake Martinez in tackles with five solo and six total tackles. I think uh, I think Martinez had seven, so he was he was right behind him there. Eighth most most snaps on the defense. He tied uh, Kenny Clark on defensive snaps. And from Ben Fennel, Patton used six plus defensive backs on 51 out of 73 snaps versus the Bears. 48 snaps of dime six defensive backs and three snaps of dollar which is seven defensive backs so he was on the field a lot actually 56 snaps he played dollar dollar bills y'all dollar dollar bills so raven green played really well he's the unsung hero of the defense uh, second in, in tackles against the chicago bears which by the way i have to say the tackling against the bears was Way nice better. to see. Oh, it was beautiful. Super, super. Well, they actually did it. Surprising. Because the type of player that the Packers have trouble tackling is like a Tariq Cohen, and he was like a shell of himself. He was right. hardly any any of what we usually expect. Yeah, Raven Green, when he stuck on this team, I knew he was going to be on the roster. Kind of one of those guys you know is going to be pretty good. Like, okay, Charlie Pepper was, remember when he stepped in in 2011 and he uh, when um, they had injuries, when Nick Collins went down? Yeah. He wasn't Nick Collins, but he was okay. Like, he was serviceable, and he made enough plays, and they still were in the hunt, and they got to the playoffs. Right, and right, right. Raven Green is is that solid type of guy who, even though he wasn't drafted, like, he's just – he's got a good presence to him. A good thing, He's got a good vibe to him. He also had – and this is probably more on Mitch Trubisky than anything, but he had that really cool, like, ball hits his arm and bounces out of bounds. Yeah. He wasn't looking at it, so he wasn't like he put his arm – maybe he kind of did a little bit – he had a nice plan. I mean, he gets a pass breakup on that one, though. Yeah. And that was part of his stat. So, yeah, Raven Green was great. My guy, and this is actually even more fun after watching the meltdown that I saw on Twitter today, my unsung hero is offensive lineman right tackle Brian Bulaga because Bulaga, to my knowledge, was not flagged at all in this game. Nope. There was a Bears fan who put an entire thread together talking about how Bulaga got away with at least seven or eight holds, and I believe he's <laughs> going to package it and send it to the league office. No, I'm, I'm serious. Are you serious? I responded to every single one of them, too. <laughs> I gave him credit for his nice film work, but I gave, but I did check. And honestly, out of the entire list of plays that he chose, there was one that could have been called. Wow. The deal. Here's the deal. Okay. Yeah. Did you play? Did you play? I should know this, but you played ball. Oh yeah. Were you a skill player lineman? No, I was an idiot. So I played defensive line. They wouldn't let me play. Like, okay, I was good at offensive line. Okay. I refused to learn the playbook. Okay. So. So my, my greater point is, is that you would know what holding is then. Oh yeah. Because you were in the middle of the. You could call holding on any, any, almost every single play. There are certain things that, and, and, it, and a lot of it was again Balaga against Khalil Mack. I feel like the officials would give Khalil Mack the the call if it was blatant. Like there's just certain things where it's yeah. like, yeah, okay, to the letter of the law, it's holding, but that's not how NFL officials have been calling holding for years, right? So Brian Balaga played a solid game. He had a very tough assignment. He held his own. He did pretty well. Stayed healthy. St- stood his ground. That might be his toughest assignment of the year. Right out of the gate, week one, Khalil Mack on on the best possible version of the Soldier Field turf that ever will exist because it's only going to get worse from this point forward. And he did pretty well. So Brian Balaga is yep. my unsung hero. So that's our first new segment. Everyone let us know what you thought of that one. Now we move into – so that's pretty much it for the Bears game. You got anything else you want to talk about with Chicago? It's all pretty much been broken down. And- uh, yeah, actually, I, I do want to talk about Rashawn Gary because okay. Rashawn Gary, uh, going into the game, there was a lot of concern about Gary, but the dude played six snaps, right? So he, he didn't play a lot, but he was pretty effective when he was on the field. And there was a play where he was on a stunt and he was like a step away from a sack, right? Like it was exactly what we talked about in the pregame show. They were going to scheme him to get to the quarterback, and that's what they did. And 
The dude, first of all, in the other plays, was a total wrecking ball. Like, just made a mess of things, which was great to see. But he's a step away from a sack, and Preston Smith beat him to it. Like, it was so freaking close for him uh, to get that, which was great. Um, so I'm really happy to see Rashawn Gary, with his, with his limited snaps, do something. Because in the preseason, he did nothing. So that was great to see. Yeah. Uh, and our astute friend of the show, Jacob Westendorf, who's a Michigan fan and also my co-host on Pulse of the Pack and also does Pack-A-Day, reminded us all that wanted Brian Burns drafted first by the Packers that Rashawn Gary got pressure on a third of his snaps. Yeah. Did Brian Burns get pressure on a third of his snaps? Just saying. Okay, so uh, uh, Kimo Slobe, I, I don't know if I read that right, but I'm reading it and that happened. So anyways, said, tell us what time in the game so we can see the play. I can't tell you what time in the game because it was actually from Ben Fennell's article. So if you subscribe to The Athletic, read his, uh, his breakdown of the game. That's where you will find that. Okay. So now we're going to move on to <clears throat> Purple Displeasure <laughs> and the Minnesota Vikings because it's Vikings week and the Packers return home. They're going to be home for the next five out of six games. Yep. Home cooking. That's why it's called Home Sweet Home on the show today. The Packers have not beaten the Minnesota Vikings since December 24th, 2016, Jeremy. I don't, I don't feel good. I mean, we're closer to three calendar. We are, we are almost a thousand, probably over a thousand days since the Packers have beaten the Vikings. Yeah. I that, that's it's insane to me. That's absolutely insane. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't well, like, I don't like talking about that. It's going to change. It's going to change this weekend. So the, Vikings, right. so the Vikings played the Falcons. Yep. We know how the Packers game turned out. The Vikings played the Falcons, and Atlanta – really stepped on their own feet a lot. They they didn't help their cause. That was a gross game. Turned the ball over a lot. Yeah. Uh, they gave up a ton of rushing yardage to Delvin Cook, although the interesting thing was when you go back and you look at it, the Vikings offensive line really wasn't as great as the rushing stats would make you think if you just looked at the box score. That's why you can't just look at the box score right. and determine what's really going on in a football game. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they had they had their issues. They They, first of all, didn't pass the ball a lot. They dropped back 10 times. And actually only uh, completed eight passes. There was plenty of time there where, let's see, uh, Cousins was was pressured. Where, where did I put that note? So, yeah, here it is. Okay, so Cousins was pressured. He was hit three times on sack one time. So 40% of his dropbacks, he was under pressure. They had issues at center and guard. So left guard and center. So I would expect Kenny Clark to have a big day against them. And I would expect Zadarius Smith to play a lot of three technique and in the A-gap. He's going to move inside because he made trouble there against the Bears. That's where actually he was most effective was inside against the Bears. And because the Vikings have that trouble, I think that's what they're going to do. But they need to keep the Vikings in a passing situation to, to, to make that ah, effective, keep the, right? Keep the ball in the hands of Kirky. That's the goal. But before, we, goal. before we move on too much, because you did some uh, research, and I want to give you some, a moment to, uh, to showcase that. It wasn't just week one with Z on the inside. Last year in Baltimore too, right? Right. Yes, exactly. Same thing. Most, that was He was most effective, I think it was like 13% of the time on the inside he would create pressure and 9% or something on the outside. That's the so, thing Mike Pettin's doing this season. With the type of guys that you have on this defense now, as able as they are, yeah. Savage, Jair Alexander, Kevin King, you've got Rashawn Gary who can line up on defensive line, you've got Z, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. You're going to be able to disguise the hell out of everything that you're doing. Oh yeah, uh, and against a quarterback now, Mitch Trubisky's easy to fool. He's kind of like, you know, taking candy from a baby. Yeah, Kirk Cousins probably a little bit, little bit better than that, and he's got more to work with at wide receiver. The Bears really only have one solid option. 
Right. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs, unfortunately, are still a thing, and you want to throw Rudolph in there, you can. Right. But I think Cousins can be pressured. The offensive line of Minnesota, to me, is that crack in the armor that you want to attack, and who better to do that than Kenny Clark? I think you're right. I think 97 is going to eat big. He's going to have a big game. I'll bet you – I'll be surprised if he's not getting the game ball by like, the time okay. the game's over with. Like, Kenny Clark against anybody in the league, it's, that's, that's, that's something that's, that's, that's going to be good, right? So – Put Kenny Clark up against whoever is on the other side, the, the right side of that line, and you put Zadarius Smith and Preston, Preston Smith up against uh, the, the left tackle and the left guard, if that left guard is struggling, that center is struggling, and you send Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith to that side, dude, good Bad night. News. Because those two together against the Bears were, were crazy good. Like It was a serious issue for the Bears when they put Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith next to each other. That – if they do that against the Vikings, it's going gonna, it's gonna to create problems. And then Kenny Clark can handle his, himself. He can do whatever the heck he wants. He's Kenny freaking Clark. Right. Right. So I'm, I'm confident they're going to beat up that Bears or the Vikings offensive line. The question is, can they stop Dalvin Cook and actually – So uh, Amigo Jones says yeah. if Dalvin goes for 100-plus, expect a loss. I don't know. Now, though, it was an anomaly. It's rare that you're going to be able to win a game hand, as handily as, you, as the Vikings did throwing the ball 10 total times. Yeah. You're not going to beat the Packers no, throwing not, the ball 10 weird. times. That's not a thing. That's not a normal thing. So Delvin Cook, though, he's, I think he's right. N- not necessarily that they lose if he gets 100 yards, but they need to keep that guy at bay, right? I think Delvin Cook's going to get his yards, and they use him in the passing game too. So the Vikings are going to try to use him in multiple ways, but you got to tackle. That's The tackling in that Bears game needs to translate over in, in, into week two against the Vikings. They have to tackle. Yeah. It's, it's a, and, yes, that duh is an absolute must against every team. This team will grind you up. If you are not tackling, Delvin Cook will kill you. They need to tackle well. In is that your number game. one key to the game? Uh, I'm going to save that for, for uh, game day, for the pregame show. Saving my keys. Saving them. Okay. Holding on to them. It's kind of hard not to preview it, though. Hey, man. We're talking about it. I know. I'm going to hold on. I got to hold on. Look, I got to hold on to something because we're previewing the game. But in the pregame, I got to bring something to the table. I'll say this. The Vikings and their defense are that kind of what the Bears used to be. Yeah. And I don't – well, I shouldn't say that. The Bears have been bad for 30 years. So what am I talking about? For me, it was. So as the elder statesman here (laughs) – I started watching Packers football in the mid-80s, and the Bears were dominating that series back then. There was a time, boys and girls, when the Chicago Bears had the winning record over the Packers all time. And the Bears played on this crappy, I wanted to say something else, ass turf at Soldier Field, which I'm sure in the dead of winter was blisteringly awful. Yep. And the Packers could never beat them. They never, they could never beat the Bears anywhere, anytime. And that's why the reversal game in 1989 was so significant. That was the first time as a Packers fan that I, I saw the Packers beat the Bears. I think that was also the first time that I ever cried tears of joy from the result of a baseball or <laughs> a a, football a, a, of a football game or any any sport any really. Sport. Okay. No, actually, that's not true. There was that that was a magical season for the Brewers too. 89. Look it up. It was, and there were a couple of uh, tear jerkers that that season too. So the Vikings kind of have that defense that just is going to surprise you, sneak up, and like all of a sudden, oh, there's Eric Hendricks. Great. Now he just picked off the ball. You got to protect the football. Yeah. The offense has to protect the football. This defense is more active. Like the Bears are, are physical and stout, and they're just big like there. Yeah. The Vikings are, are physical and quick. Yeah. And they're shifty, and you got to watch out. Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. He has – so he locked down Julio Jones. Right. 
and that was a big deal. So he's got a lot of confidence coming into this game, and I have a feeling that, uh, if I'm, unless I'm mistaken, uh, does he move with the number one receiver? So is he going to shadow so. Devontae? He, Rhodes is their best corner. So the Rhodes, so that's Rhodes is probably going to shadow Devontae Adams. And But I don't care who you are, man. Devontae Adams footwork i'll put him up against anybody else he's in the, the kenny league. clark of the offense it doesn't freaking i'll matter. put him up he's against anybody Devontae in the league and Adams. i'll tell you what Rhodes might have a decent day when it's all said and done but Devontae, he's not shutting Devontae he's gonna Adams get his. out he's not he's gonna get what what he's gonna get his. not shut not shutting him out and if they do on the other side trey waynes okay trey waynes is better he's not you know as bad as he was a couple years ago and he's actually taking steps forward and he's serviceable okay i still think Whoever else is opposite him, then that includes the tight ends, is is going to do fine. And I yeah. think I think they'll get theirs. Be interested to see if they go back to Trevor Davis. Trevor Davis got snaps in favor of both Jake Kumaro and Geronimo Allison against the Bears. I trust this coaching staff to game plan the matchups week to week. So if Trevor Davis doesn't even see the field as a receiver, and Geronimo Allison is plays eighty percent of the snaps this week, I'm actually excited about that because that tells me. They're, putting, they're actually putting some thought into the game plan. They're not just one size fits all and copy and paste for 16 games. Yeah. So you're concerned about the defense. That's what you're saying. Concerned about the Vikings, Vikings defense? defense? Well, you can't. Sorry, yeah, I got you, lost you, in the chat again. No, that I, happens. Yeah, that's fine. No, yeah, you got to – You. I, the biggest thing for me is don't don't turn the ball over. Yeah. You got to protect the football. Yep. Sorry, I was in the uh, I was in the chat putting people in – like there's a timeout feature – for YouTube. And if you come into the chat during the show and you just try to talk smack, like people are trying to enjoy the show and be part of it. Wait, so, the director got put time in timeout. The director got put in timeout? Yeah. Time oh. out. Time out. Bye bye. Have Bummer. fun. Have All a good right. night. Anyways, okay. So this defense does have its issues, this Vikings defense, and they do need to protect the ball, but they're having they have some injury issues on the defense, especially at corner. Mackenzie Alexander and Mike Hughes are both hurt. That's their third and fourth corner. So the Vikings, uh, their D is going to have to depend on Mark Fields. which He's the fifth corner on the depth chart. So they're going to have to play deep, deep corners on, on, on Sunday. They're going to have to play some of their corners that are deep on the depth chart. And so that's good for Geronimo Allison, Trevor Davis, uh, Marquez Valdez, Marquez Valdez Scantling. That's good for those guys. I mean, it is Marquez. Is it Marquez? It's Marquez. I told you it was Marquez. I screwed up. It's okay. Marquez. I knew it. I, I, I knew I was saying it right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Mark, Marquez Valdez Scantling. Those three guys are going to benefit from the injuries there uh, that the Vikings have. At, at defensive back. And then not only that, Mark uh, McKenzie Alexander is their nickel defensive back. So that means they've lost that spot too. So they're going to actually have to bring in a safety. It'll probably be Deron Curse. He's going to be their defensive back for uh, nickel situations. Okay, so, before you go too far. So one thing that I think they could do, Anthony Harris, I've heard good things about their new free safety. They let go of the guy that I love to hate the most on the entire Vikings defense. Who's that? I know who it is. Sendejo. Oh, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. I call him something else. Sendejo. I maybe swap out. <laughs> I might swap out one consonant with another consonant. <laughs> uh, so Anthony Harris at safety might be able to help mitigate some of that loss at corner. I don't know. But he's seems to be he seems to be doing well. He got some accolades. So on another show, a pulse of the pack that I did uh, on Sunday, we interviewed Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman of um, it was basically the SB Nation. And he was he was giving Anthony Harris a lot of props for being being somebody that allows Harrison Smith to, to freelance even more, which is what you want. Harrison yeah. Smith being able to do what he wants is kind of almost like it's almost like the Ed Reed rules where yeah. it's like there's the defense and then he just do whatever you whatever just go wherever you need to go to, to make right. the play. So 
But I do expect, even though the defense is good, it's a home game, and I do expect the Packers to look to come out and put some points up early because, come on, man. You get, the offense needs to get in some rhythm. There was a good question in the chat about is Aaron, why Zeke. is Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable not being able to just drop back and throw in rhythm consistently. I agree with that question. It's a good question. I think that it's without having played live football before. I'm not going to use the P word because I'm getting tired of the whole conversation about the, the games that don't count. Once Rodgers gets comfortable and understands, in the offense and is like, okay, these plays are going to be there. This actually does work. Right. You will see the three-step drop work where it's like one, two, bam, pass rush is negated, right. balls out quick, and in the hands of your playmakers, and it's it's going to be there. It might just take a couple games. This would be a I'll good game to do it, though, because they got Minnesota's defense is fast. I'll tell you why. And, and, and it's that, okay? It is important that – I think it's important that you get some preseason snaps. I said it. That should have happened. But outside of that, Billy Turner – was laid off the ball a lot. And I mean a freaking lot. Like the ball would snap, everybody's moving, and Billy Turner's still down in his stance, okay? Billy Turner was laid off the ball. Lane Taylor played like crap. The interior of that offensive line was questionable, and they had problems running the football. And, yeah, it's the Bears' defense too. Like that's – it's the Bears' defense. Their defense is really freaking good, right? We all know that. So not only did you have the issues you had with your offensive line, the interior not playing as well as they needed to, but – you're in your first real game with your new offense, trying to piece it together against the team that had the best defense in the league last year. That, that's stupid. That They should have played some preseason snaps, and Billy Turner needs to play better, and I think he will. I think he will. Yeah, he's getting used to a lot of new stuff. Yeah. And I still think, you know, I still think Billy – I want Billy Turner at right guard right now over – they were. I don't want Cole Madison in there. Yep. And I don't think Elton Jenkins is versatile enough to play right and left. I think he's the long-term solution at left guard. And Lane Taylor, um, there was a debate about Lane Taylor. You could pull him out and put El- Elton Jenkins in there. It just depends on how much you trust Lane Taylor to bounce back if he has to come back in and play. Yeah, You can swap linemen in and out and do whatever you need to, but they have to be able to handle it psychologically. Hey, I got pulled. I might have lost my job. Oh, okay, I'm back in a quarter later or a week later. Is he still going to be effective? Yeah. I believe in Lane Taylor. I think Lane Taylor can handle it. And I think anytime the Packers get into a comfortable situation, which I don't know what that looks like anymore in the NFL, because, you know, <laughs> last night I thought Houston was going to run away with it and New Orleans made one hell of a Monday night game out of it. But you got to get Elton Jenkins some reps in there, get him some snaps so he gets comfortable and gain some confidence. Yeah, I agree. But it's, it's, it's like with any rookie, you want to put them in a situation where when they go into the game, there's a low likelihood that they're going to leave hanging their head. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I love living in a world where Elton Jenkins is a backup or Lane Taylor is a backup. Like either way, you got guys that can come on and, 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 and help you win football or you games. Could, yeah. And I believe in Lane Taylor too. Not necessarily like he's the better of those two options. I think Elton Jenkins is, is better, but I think sitting him right now and letting things kind of slowly process and develop for him, I think is smart because you have Lane Taylor and you don't have to do it right away because they believe in Lane Taylor. Well, maybe, maybe you shift Taylor over to right guard. And you put Jenkins in at left guard. Problem I mean, solved. that just depends on Billy Turner. If, if okay, and they have maybe, a good. It's a good problem to have, though. Right? Maybe Billy Turner ends up at right tackle. You know, like let's say something happens with Balaga and, and Billy Turner is your right tackle, which probably is the case. And then you can 
move you can move Taylor over probably Elton Jenkins comes in to play left guard because yep. that's where he got most of his work in camp and as a rookie they're, they're not going to jack him around and move him around or as a too much center. midseason and they did play him in multiple spots in in training camp and in the preseason so but I don't I think, think you do that in the regular season I think you pick a spot for a rookie and you say this is where Elton Jenkins is going to go if he comes in he's going to play left guard that's that's what I would do that's what that's what you do unless it's an emergency because David Bakhtiari was drafted to be the right tackle and then left tackle became a thing. Yeah. And Brian Belaga didn't go to didn't end up going to left tackle because right. he he got hurt in family night and missed the entire season. Okay, so Billy Turner though, and I know this is a lot of offensive line discussion, but so Turner is the long term solution at right tackle, I believe, right now. If if you if you if you drew out a map of what is the what is it gonna look like over the next year, whatever, Billy Turner Brian Bulaga potentially not back next year. I know that breaks some people's hearts. And yeah. maybe there's a chance if he plays well enough this year, he will come back. I don't know. But if he doesn't, Billy Turner slides over, and then you have to figure out right guard. Elton Jenkins is your left guard. Left guard, Lane Taylor's, Lane your-, Taylor's your backup, right? And then you've, you've got maybe Cole Madison. Cole Madison didn't look ready. I don't know if right. he would look be good enough in year two in order to jump in and be the starter. I, or they, they'd have to draft a guy. They'd have to probably draft a guy. I would put Lane Taylor on the right. Now, we're way ahead here, right? We're talking about next season, and I do think Billy Turner is your right tackle of the future. At least that's the plan. We'll see how that turns out. But let's move on. That's next season's conversation. We'll have that at some point after special, the season. Special over. teams looked – and this I know this wasn't in the script, but special teams, I – I thought looked better. It was at least a little cleaner. I mean, yeah, there's a flag on every return anymore sure. now, but I think I think special teams is. And I'm not talking about J.K. Scott. We'll de- devote an entire segment to J.K. No, Scott. No, we won't. I'm talking but about the return. That is I'm enough just, appreciation I'm for just, J.K. Scott. Yeah. I'm just saying. No, no, no. We're going to talk about it for a second. Okay. All right. I'm all talking right. about the return game. I should have been specific. Sure, the kick return, sure, sure. the punt return game. I think we're going to see a couple of touchdowns this year on special teams. I think it's absolutely possible, especially if Trevor Davis stays healthy. Trevor Davis looks good. I mean, it, he he looks like – and notice how on offense he got snaps and Jake Kumaro didn't. What did he get? Kumaro maybe got one. One or two. Right, so he didn't play a whole lot. And that's not a knock on Kumaro. It's just that Trevor Davis, they, they, they're starting to trust him. They like him, and they want him on the field. So And this is proof. Okay. Kick returner, I, with him at kick returner, I, I, I agree. I think they, can, they, can, they might have one or two this season. Is it not – then proof, and I'm guilty of this, and so are you, mm-hmm. because we all saw we all put Kumaro ahead of Trevor Davis on the depth chart, but the Packers knew something that we didn't, and Trevor Davis had a huge catch. Yep, like one of his first snaps from the line of scrimmage, he has a huge catch to finally get the offense moving. I think didn't his catch set up the eventual touchdown throw, or was that a different drive? Yeah, I think it might have been that drive. Trevor Davis at receiver, if it works out, that's that's why they kept him on the roster. So it's important. J.K. Scott, you don't typically get a lot of love, so I'm going to give him a lot of love. This kid was pounded last year, especially late in the season. He wasn't kicking well in the cold, and he yeah. may not this year either. He was hot and cold, no pun intended, most of last season after getting drafted in the fifth round, so the expectations were sky high. He might as well have been a first-rounder. He didn't, he didn't kick up to that standard. Right. He earned his paycheck last week. He, he was he was fantastic in that final kick. I when was the last time a Packers punter kicked a ball so well that the returner had to backtrack? That was fantastic. Yeah. It was awesome. Look, you're right. JK Scott looked great, but I'm still skeptical because it's not cold, it's not winter, it's not snowing. 
Let's see what that looks like when those things are happening. That's, you know, that's, that's the time that he needs to show that he's improved, right? Because when he was a rookie, he looked good at this time of year. Not as good as he did against the Bears, but he, J.K. Scott looked pretty good at this time of year. It was when things got cold and it got more difficult to punt. That's when he struggled. So that's, he, that's the thing I'll be looking for. He builds up confidence through the rest of the season, though. I think he'll be okay in the cold. Okay, we can end there. You happy? Good yes, compromise? I'm satisfied. Brandy is always active, and I feel like we always look, kind of give her a lot of love, but she deserves it because she's always – she wants to know, how do you think LaFleur did at managing the game last Thursday? I'll let you start. I think he had his ups and downs. I think there were definitely moments that felt McCarthy-esque. Not the whole game, okay? So Because Wes said here that no McCarthy is so refreshing, and you're right. But there were definitely moments that just felt like not my favorite. There was a I, I can't remember what down it was. I'm pretty sure it was third and and third and at least medium. I don't know. But they pitched it. They had this pitch out of shotgun that just looked so. It was like, damn it, is Mike McCarthy back? Well, like, that was like the first play from scrimmage. I, I honestly think as much it was it was joked about like, hey, it's the hundredth year they're gonna pay homage to the old Packers and run the sweep. Yeah. Was it I the think first they play? Did. Was it the first play? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I looked at, I, I looked at Jason, and I was like, it was like last what the hell year. is happening right now? Well, it was like last year when the Bears lined up in the wing tee for their first play from scrimmage. Like Matt Nagy's yeah. first play call is the wing tee. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Whatever. All right. So anyway, so I thought Lafleur did okay. I mean, when you win your first NFL game and your first try on the road against a tough division rival and and a game you weren't favored against the you know previous division champions. Yeah. There's not a lot to be upset about. The only thing I will say is I didn't care for his use of the challenge. I don't know if he wanted to be the first coach to challenge uh, pass interference. It was a bad call. There was no reason to do it. There was no way it was going to get overturned. And at that point, the Packers had already used a timeout. So you know that you're going to caught. You're down to one. And the game is close. Yeah. So you're going to need that timeout to potentially try to score a touchdown or kick yeah. a field goal. They didn't have it. And for as far as the Packers had, would have had to go at a lot on a lot of those drives because they just didn't they just didn't move the ball. When you throw a long pass and you're trying to move the ball down the field and you have no timeouts and you've got to spike the ball. Yeah. Sure, your receivers and running backs and your quarterback and and your tight ends can get to the line of scrimmage, but your offensive linemen also have to run that 50 yards downfield and try to get set up. And it's just ask it's asking too much when you don't have the ability to stop the clock late. That was something that drove me nuts. Yeah. In the previous regime, I keep saying previous regime. I don't know if it was Mike McCarthy or not, but you could guarantee every single game there was going to be a timeout used within the first seven or eight minutes of the game, and it used to drive me up a wall i you know what i don't mind it i don't mind it because in the first half use your timeouts i mean it gets to the end of the first half sometimes and you got to and you end up just going into halftime use your timeouts when you need them in the first half save your timeouts in the second half that's where it's a problem for me and there was a moment where that happened in the second half this week uh, a couple points from Wes. he said he was advised from the booth on the challenge i don't know about that because it was right in front of him and i think no matter what his demeanor was like, I think his emotions were really high. It was his first game. It was an emotional oh, call. Oh, for sure. The challenge was an emotional call. For sure. And the other thing he said is, it was his first game. He'll get better. Agreed. And no, think, he will. I, and I think we can end it on that. That's no, the he, reality he of will. it. First game, couple bumps in the road. He won his first game. The only new coach to win his first game this past season, this past week. Yeah, he was. Kim O'Slobe. And you got to realize your usernames show up the way they do. So I'm, I'm obviously not pronouncing it correctly. He says... <laughs> 
The Davis catch was during the field goal drive. Thank you. Our chat is always there for us. They are. Love they're, them. They're, they're helping the show. They All right. Are. Time to move on to our next segment. Our next segment. This is a fun one. Because a lot of things happen in a football game that are fun, puzzling, great, not great, whatever it be. This one is simply titled, Are You Kidding Me? Well, there's supposed to be a video and it did not play. So are you kidding me? Here we are. Are you kidding me? Jason, run with it. I don't know. The video didn't play. I'll we lost the sting too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Wait, let me, wait, wait, wait. I worked hard on this. Let me try one more time. Yeah. While Jeremy is working on trying nope, to get the audio. Still not there. <laughs> Man. The internet hates us. Okay, no, that's, well, I'll fix that later. That's really bad. I'll fix it. Also, do they hear the dinging that I heard earlier? Maybe. I don't know. If you guys are hearing cell phone dings, let us know. Okay. Anyways. Okay, so are you kidding me? So these are a couple of plays each game, either on the good or the bad side, that stood out to both of us yep. in this here Packers-Bears game, right? So we'll let you start off again. You want me to go first? Yeah, you again? go. Okay. You go first. Go ahead. All right. All right. So uh, my first. Are we going to go? Okay. So we have two. It's good and bad, right? So are we going to? Should I do my good and my bad, or should we save bad and bad for the same time? Yeah, let's just go. Let's do whatever comes to you. Okay. Well, I'm just going to do good first, and then you can go. Because okay. uh, I want to go last on my bad. I, I think it's a it's a big one. Okay. So okay. Good. Zadarius Smith with ten total pressures, which is fantastic. And so. That, not only is it fantastic, these stats from uh, Next Gen Stats on Twitter, Zadarius generated five of seven pressures aligned as an interior defensive lineman, despite aligning as an edge rusher on the, on the majority of his pass rushes. As a member of the Ravens last season, Smith was most effective generating pressure from the interior, like I said, 12%, 12.3%, then the edge, which was nine nine and a half. So the other thing with Zadarius also from Next Gen is, Seven quarterback pressures led a Packers pass rush that generated 19 pressures on Trubisky, 38% rate, which is great. In their two meetings against the Bears last season, this is the kicker. This is the thing that blew me away. In their two meetings against the Bears last season, the Packers had a total of nine. Nine. This defense generated 19 in one game. They had nine, nine. times. So I'm really nine happy times? with, with Zadarius Smith. I'm extremely happy with the pass rush. Nine times. Yeah. What okay. he's saying. Yes. So I blew it. And my are you kidding me moment was Matt LaFleur challenging that stupid offensive pass interference, which I just gave up. So I ruined my own segment. So I am going to. You're going to throw out a random one? You're going to find a random one in your head? This is risky. Yeah, you know what, you know what my are you kidding me moment? This is really yours, but when Adrian Amos intercepted that football, that's probably the best, okay, that you could come up with right now. Jason almost killed me in the bar. I'm trying to get to my computer to to play uh, the Go Pack Go chant because we do all that in the bar. And Jason, like, nearly takes me out and a speaker and, like, the bar almost... Screaming Amos, Amos, <laughs> because all I wanted Bears fans to feel was, was uh, absolute despair in their hearts it was great it was why did anybody get any video of haha clinton dicks on the sideline when adrian amos caught that ball i don't know i would have loved that so what i what i was going to go to was letting the play clock down come down to zero and then having to call timeout again they had to call timeout a couple times i think they had to call timeout on a play that came in off of a off off of another timeout or a commercial break yep like that stuff's just got to go man you can blame mike mccarthy all you want for it that stuff you gotta are you kidding me you gotta stop with that but yeah the amos catch was incredible i mean the, the poetry of it, the all of the justice, all of the, the vindication, all the justification for Brian Gutekunst spending the money that he did on Adrian Amos. 
money well spent. I mean, all those guys yeah. that they spent on, maybe except Turner, showed up big in that game and, and immediate paying immediate dividends. So yeah. we will have a cool soundbite and intro to that segment in the future. Yeah. So it won't be so clunky because that was a little bit on the clunky side. That's okay. You know what? I think it was... Uh, there was a, there was a little video in there that I was unsure if if YouTube would flag us for using. So maybe maybe we'll just move on from that video. I'll find something. It was a, a mic'd up uh, video of Devonte Adams. So maybe we won't mess with that. We'll we'll redesign that one. So that's okay. That's totally all right. So you know what? Real quick, uh, let me get to my. Did did you share your bad? You shared your bad, right? Your bad. Are you kidding me? Moment. It was it was going to be Lafleur with the OPI, but, oh, okay, then, but yeah. then it was the play clock thing. They were both negative. Okay, great. Okay, so here's my bad one, and okay. this one isn't Packers related at all. And and a lot of people have seen Ooh, it. Oh so yes, have... yes. Yeah, we're going to deviate from Packers land a little bit here, but allow right. us because this was cra- this is crazy. What this I is saw. crazy. Yeah. So Eagles fans, Eagles. Who fans, we play in two weeks? Yeah, Eagles fans Three bringing weeks. a coffin to a tailgate party, a Sean Taylor coffin. Okay, to a tailgate party. So Eagles fan, like, of course, you total, they're just all douchebags. Like, are you kidding me? You're bringing a coffin to the game to talk smack at a freaking football game. And so they actually ended up getting in a fight with 76ers forward, Mike Scott. Okay, now, bad look by the Eagles fans, but they're known to do stuff like that. I'm yep. not justifying it, and I'm not I'm not saying that um, that Mike Smith should not feel free to roam where he wants to roam, but... Mike Scott. He, Mike's, oh, Mike yeah, Scott. Yeah, gotcha. Sorry. It's okay. He's a 76er. Who cares? Go ahead. He was wearing a Redskins jersey, okay, yes. and you walked uh, into me, an Eagles tailgate. Yeah, let me pull this picture up. Okay. So here's. You here's, also kind of stand out because you're like six foot right. forever. So here's the coffin. You can see the coffin in the shot, but Mike Scott is the biggest guy sitting there. He's the. He, there's Mike Scott. He's standing right in the middle, and look at him. Oh, he's, he's already about, wound up. He's about, about to, to throw clock. a haymaker yeah, for he's real. Like mid okay? haymaker. But you know what? Here's the thing. This is why, probably my guess, why he would fight about this. It doesn't matter that he's wearing a Redskins jersey. I'm sure he was getting crap the whole time and didn't fight anybody. But when you walk up to a tailgate party and you see a coffin and it turns out to be what it is, as a professional athlete, you have to realize these people at this tailgate party think athletes are just meat for their entertainment. End of story. So turn around and walk away because you're not going to, nothing good is going to come out of this except you're you're going to be lighter in the wallet, potentially arrested or cut up and bruised. Yeah, no, you're not. You're and not. do you want you want the do you want your fan base to know that your hand is broken yeah. because you broke it on some idiot Eagles fan's face even if they deserved it? Yeah. So it was just pathetic all around. It just makes me so glad that Packers fans are not that I don't I don't think you would ever see that not in Lambeau Field, I can tell you that much. Yeah. No. That's, uh, no way. That would never have that would never happen at Lambeau Field. Actually, it brings two memories to mind of Bears fans. Uh, there was a there is a photo on the internet. I should have pulled it up and put it in the show of a Bears fan in New Orleans after Katrina happened. The Bears are playing the Saints, holding a sign that says "The Chicago Bears finishing what Katrina started." Just unbelievable stuff over a football game. Like you don't say that. And then Mike Clemens told a story last week on uh, WSSP in Milwaukee. At the end of a Bears game, they're in in Soldier Field and they're walking off, and there's a Bears fan in the stands holding a sign that says "Die Farve Die," and it's like a week after. Reggie White passed away like it's football guys right this is just ridiculousness so no I don't think I don't think I've ever seen a Packers fan act that way that's they're out there they're out there they're definitely they're out they're out there and they're definitely remember that time that a couple years ago that Packers fan got arrested yeah or or or, um they not not arrested but or actually I think they were for um slicing and dicing up a Vikings fans um 
Viking lawn thing with the the because he poked a hole in it. I don't. And they and they it was a Vikings fan who lived in Green Bay. They yeah. had like a big. Oh, was purple, it one of those big a, one of the big blow up, blow up one of the blow yeah. up things? And a Viking or a Packers fan came and like cut it with a knife. No, and, I'm cool with that. That's fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> like, look, it doesn't have that's anything fair. to do with death. It, I mean, yeah, you're destruct destroying someone else's property, and maybe that's not very cool, but as long as you're not making jokes about death, like Sean Taylor was a human being with a family who died. That's not a joke worth making ever. Right. Katrina, people who suffered in Katrina, right? Like that's not a joke. That's not a good joke. So popping a thing, I don't care, whatever. Fine. You could patch that or buy a new one. He could buy you a new one. It was probably 20 bucks. It was probably 20 bucks. Anyways, that's all I got. Chris Christofko replied. I put a post up on Facebook asking how we looking. Uh, Pats fans and the whole trash thing. And Chris, Chris Christofko uh, of Titletown Sound Off, your former show. Yep. He's like, they're looking fine. The team is great regardless. Brown was just to be a cherry on top. So I, I just had to tell him I wasn't about that action boss. Yeah. Well, That's you know, okay. The whole Antonio Brown thing, the, the, you know, people, I'm just people are putting in the chat. Every, He's I'm been accused, get, of, accused getting tired of, rape. of every single NFL player becoming a turd. Right. That's just, that's, that's the problem. He's been accused we of rape now. So, I mean, Everything that has happened and led up to this point where he ended up on the Patriots roster, it's all going to be for naught. They're just going to cut him. And then it won't matter for the Patriots because they'll be just fine. They're, they're still going to be a competitive team. They still might end up in the Super Bowl. Antonio Brown was going to be a cherry on top. He's not wrong about that. But you know what? It's not about that. Antonio Brown is an absolute turd, and the Patriots brought him in. Probably They didn't know that. But everything that he did with Oakland was proof that this dude is a turd. And now he's on your roster being accused of rape. Yeah. So probably just should have avoided him in the first place. I mean, even though that whole thing he did with Oakland, I think that the stuff he did with Oakland, he's not a diva. He's not crazy. He's a genius. He wanted out of Oakland and he made it happen. Yeah, he orchestrated it. But I think think he was also uh, advised on how to get out. I mean, you just, there have been too many incidents over the last three or four years of players who suddenly get released by their team and they're in New England less than a week later. Martellus Bennett played in New England the, the same week after, like a week after he left the Packers. Right. Screw that. Yeah. That's kind of garbage. Yeah. So he was injured and couldn't play for the Packers yeah, and ends up on. Okay. Yeah. yeah Let's not whatever. talk about it. Well, he was injured because the doctor's a shady, whatever. Okay. He's right. a douche. He's uh, also a douche. I've He's seen a couple comments. Crowd. I've seen a couple comments in the chat here about it. So we should probably just talk about it real quickly because it's not often that a guy leaves the Packers and goes to another team. And I'm still like rooting for him and hoping that he does well. Randall Cobb looked good in a, for he the did. Cowboys. I think he's going to be effective in that offense. There's only one week this season. I hope he's not unless the Packers have to play the Cowboys in the playoffs. But Randall Cobb looked good. So he still has some life left in him. Now, I don't think it was a bad move for the Packers to move on. But if you're going to move on from Randall Cobb, you got to spread the ball around. And when Marquez Valdez-Scantling yes. Yes, Valdez is open down the sideline, maybe throw him the ball. Right. Stop locking in on a receiver. Yeah, we had I a shouldn't have to tell too, an yeah. all-pro future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback in his 15th season that stop laser locking on your receiver. I think the concern is that that was common last year, right? In the, la- in the year before. Like, those were common issues under McCarthy. And so that's the concern there is that, is this just continuing? Has it been Rodgers the whole time? But let's just slow it down a little bit because first game with a new coach and a new offense didn't you play any are preseason a, football at you all. You are an all-pro season quarterback. You, do not, you know what an open wide receiver looks like. Yeah, so... Jordy Nelson ain't walking through that door. Look for the next green and gold, white, dark green or white on away days and... 
green numbered uniform streaking down the field. Toss it. That's got to toss the damn, throw the damn throw ball. Throw the ball. How did they score their only touchdown against the Bears? Yeah. Rodgers gave his receiver a chance to make a he play, and holy shit, Nikes, he made he did. it. He did. I saved okay. myself there. So um, somebody talked about this. I, I can't. I think it was Brandon Thorne, and I think that's his name. On Twitter, it might have been Ben Fennell, that Rodgers has a habit now of looking down at the rush. That's the issue he's struggling with. He's lowering his eyes. He's looking at the rush. He's not looking downfield. He's playing with a little more panic. And I would say that's probably from the multiple collarbone injuries that he's dealt with, that that's become a habit of his where now he's a little scared. Remember when he said he was seeing ghosts? Remember that? Like, okay, it's possible he I gets over this stuff. bumped into the microphone because I'm so just Bummed out about this? Yeah. Okay, but here's I don't want to think that my quarterback is going to appear on Ghost Hunters. That is going to be his next offseason venture. He's going to be on Ghost Hunters no, now? let's give it a chance. Let's give it okay. a chance. He's going to start to believe in this offense, and he's going to be just fine. I believe Rodgers is going to be just fine. So Well, I hope so, but that is that is what seeing ghosts is, is you're looking at, you're not paying attention to the play, and you're worried about everything else, and it happens. I mean, a, a friend of mine told me back when – when Favre was on the Vikings in 09, yeah. even though they, they, they were so good that year, but even still, when Favre would take the, the snap, he would, he would drop back and drift to the left because that was where Chad Hutchinson and the other like solids on the, the offensive line was, and on the right-hand side, it wasn't as solid. Safe zone. So the, yeah, so there's Safe over every quarterback knows the offensive line. They know like what, what's this and that. I just think coming out in this game against the Vikings – Give Rodgers, and Rodgers has to stick with it. But I, I don't. I go with the script, and let's just let's go two or three easy passes, get in a rhythm, start to work the Vikings defense, confuse them a, a little bit, get them reeling, get them tired, and then you can open up and throw deep later. I, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And it's going to take still some time to get this I don't this think – I mean, not for the fact that they aren't going to be effective. I just think Minnesota's – I don't think Minnesota's going to allow a big day on the ground. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a much better day – Than he did against the Bears. Than he did against yeah. the Bears. I, he's going to have a couple of good runs. I mean, he might even break a big one, but I don't think Aaron Jones is going to have this monstrous day. Yeah. Even though it's at home, I, I just don't think so. The other thing is – and this is, I mean, we're way early in the week, so this could easily change before the game time. But the weather forecast right now is showing mid-70s and rain Ugh. on Sunday. Ugh. Now, I don't know if that's rain during the game or not or what, you know what, but if it's a rainy day, yeah. that's also going to play a huge role. By the way, if you're in the chat and you're enjoying the show, please hit that like button. Hit the like button for us. There's 175 people watching currently, and there's 31 likes. I think something is missing. Hit that like button. Show us your love. That would be fantastic. I just uh, liked it, whether that's crass or not. I did it. All right. Good. 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 So I won't be doing that. But no, that's, that's fine. I did. <laughs> um, so no way the Vi- Brandy, no way the Vikings match up with Aaron Jones and two tight ends. Possible. I'm not sure. I mean, they're they're still they still have the same players. It's still Anthony Barr. Daniel Hunter's a great pass rusher. Reverson yep. Griffin supposedly is rejuvenated. Yep. And you still have uh, who's their D tackle. Uh Livano Joseph. Yeah. 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 So they've got they've got they still have a lot of the Linval. Linval Joseph. Did yeah, Linval okay. Joseph. Yeah, that's fine. You know, he's no, not a Packer, so I don't have to figure out how to say his Harrison name. Smith safeties are good. Xavier Rhodes. So I mean the defense is is a thing. It's still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh Ken uh Holland says Vikings defense is overrated. Okay. I don't disagree. I think that it's gotten older. 
I think that it, it, it's not, it's not what it was, but it's still pretty damn good. Okay. I don't think that it's going to be the number one defense in the league, but I think it's going to be a top 10 defense and it is going to give the Packers fits. So don't totally buy into it being underrated with everything the Packers are dealing with on offense. That defense sure could, could make trouble for them on Sunday and they could lose yeah. this football game. Well, so, easily. They could have lost last week too, though. They didn't. Yeah. Damn uh, it. Stop it. Federis says the corners can be exploited. We talked about that earlier. They're having some injury issues. So the group of corners that they have is watered down at the moment. So their fifth corner will probably be playing meaningful snaps. Yeah, for sure. So we're almost, uh, we're running low here. Get towards the end of it all. Should we unleash our final segment? Yeah, let's do it. All right, this is fun. Everyone's played this game at one point or another, probably uh, more so when you're inebriated at a party. But this is a fun little game of Would You Rather. And now it's time for Would You Rather. All right. So, would you rather, and this is fun, and, and this segment is usually going to actually almost always will tie into the upcoming matchup and have something to do with the team that the Packers are about to play. So, uh, are we going with the one I sent? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, Jeremy, uh, I, I have one and you have one? No, we you, have... you have one, and we're going to answer it. Got it. Okay. I'm going to try to, this is, I think I convoluted the way the question is so written. I, I, I got I, it, I got it, yeah, I got it. Okay, good. I got it, no. All right, good. Would you rather have to take Kirk Cousins in a do-or-die two-minute drill to win your team's Super Bowl, where if you lose, your team can never play in another Super Bowl again, or would you rather take any Vikings kicker to make a 55-yarder to win a Super Bowl, where if you lose, your team can't appear in another so if Which they lose, poison are you picking? If they lose, they can't play in another Super Bowl. If they lose, okay, so I gotta pick you between. Have, they have to come through for you. Are you picking the kicker or are you picking Kirk Cousins in a two-minute How many yards is the kick? 55 yards. Let's say it's 55. 55 okay, 50, yards. 55 yards. Great. So 55 yards. Brandy says shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take Dan Bailey. I'm going to take Dan Bailey because even though he's had inconsistencies, Dan Bailey has always been known as a guy with a big leg. You're taking the kicker? Taking the kicker. Man. I'm going with the kicker. I am and not smart. The don't don't ever take any betting advice from me because I'm going Cousins all the way. There's no way I'm ever taking a Vikings kicker. I'm doing it. Never. I'm taking that ever risk. Ever since Gary Anderson ruined, which was so beautiful when it happened in 1998, ruined their beautiful little run on their way to the Super Bowl, and the Falcons ended up going and getting their butts kicked by Elway and the Broncos, yeah. last, last repeat champions, by the way. Uh, I have I have not trusted a Vikings kicker at all. I'm going Cousins as stupid as that sounds. Yeah. I'm go I'm just going kicker. I am like, the only one to. Everybody's like, taking the kicker in the chat. It's Everybody. like ripping the Band-Aid off, okay? Oof. It's going to blow. Okay, this is going to suck. So let's just let's just get one freaking thing done and be done. He might make it, and if he does, we'll all run off here and be happy. If not, i got to watch Kirk Cousins playing a two-minute offense. Was I don't Stenner, want to do that. P Persian Scribe says Jan Stenard was Vikings, wasn't he? I don't think he was ever on the Vikings. I'm not sure. He played, he Let's was look. with the Packers. I think he spent some time with the Chiefs, Washington, maybe all three. I'm, I'm looking it up. I don't think he was with, the, I don't think he was with the, Holy Pizza says, give me the quarterback. Thank you, Holy. There you go. There you go. You got one. You got one. All right. Uh, he was a Packer. He was a Chief and a Viking. There you go. Okay. There you go. All right. Very good. All right, what do we got else? What else? Or what? What do we got else? What? We're all gonna. All right, so we're gonna be doing a live pregame show. It will start 
40 minutes before the game on Sunday. Yeah. We'll have more breakdown of the Vikings-Packers game, more of our predictions, which we saved not for for this for that show, not on this show, for that show. So we'll have those for you. We'll be at the Watershed in Tempe. Those of you in the Phoenix locale, come out and see us. Come up and say hello. We're going to be doing some more giveaways and fun stuff there. But more importantly, we're going to be there to preview a game in which the Packers have a chance to go 2-0 and and get a huge leg up in the division. That would be 2-0 against two division opponents. Big game. It's huge, and it's going, to be, it's going to be a blast in the bar. So if you're in the area, make sure that you're there. I meant to upload some pictures for the, for the show because last week the bar was packed and it was a riot. So if you're in the area, come on down to the watershed and join us. It's going to be awesome. Uh, thank you, everybody in the chat right. for joining us. Yeah, especially Ken says, yes, Jan was on the Vikings. Do your homework. Yeah, Man, if, I, if that was supposed to be part of my pregame assignment, <laughs> I don't know. You, Ken, I will try to be better just for you. Thank you for holding me accountable. I'm glad our standards are really, really high. Yeah. All right, man, it's been a blast. Let us know what you thought about the new segments. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Facebook, Jeremy, me on Twitter. Jeremy, give them the Patreon page. Tell them, tell them what they win. Patreon.com forward slash Cheesehead TV Live. You can support the show there. Everything that we're doing here on the show, we sure could use some support. You see this blank wall behind us and you want something on it? Help us put something there. Somebody said on Sunday or Thursday that I need a Packers jersey. Well, if you want me to get a Packers jersey, become a, become a patron and support us on Patreon. Yeah. That'll, that'll help me get a Packers jersey and look prettier on the show for you, which, by the way, I do have a Packers jersey. It is a William Henderson jersey, and it's autographed, so I won't wear it. So that's the only thank Packer God you're not that guy that we, I have seen people going to the. I saw I saw a couple of jerseys at the Packers preseason game that were autographed, and I'm like, all right, that must hey, be listen. some sort of a tradition. It's good luck. It's it's like you're you're superstitious. I get it. You're not. You don't wear an autographed piece of clothing. Yeah. Sorry, you just don't do I it. I did last year because I was so sick of not wearing a Packers jersey oh, I know. at the watershed. I, saw it. I, I, I wore it once, and I said, I'm not doing that again. I'm not doing it. It's going back in the closet. I'll frame it, and that's what it's going to be. All right. So that's it. Okay. So I think we've got all the, all the business out of the way. Go Pack Go, everybody. This is week two, Vikings week. Give them hell. Go Pack Go. This has been Cheesehead TV Live. The Bears still suck. Thank you for listening to Cheesehead TV Live. Check out CheeseheadTV.com for more great Packers content.